Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Our beliefs can cause a whole lot of stress and sadness and loneliness and worry. And, um, you know, but the, 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 the great news is that we can always upgrade them. We can get them out. We can get them out. We can always create new beliefs because our beliefs is what run. We, we run the world with our beliefs. The way we communicate to others, the way we treat others, the way we treat ourselves, where we're living, the money we have in, in the bank or don't have in the bank, the car we drive, the house we live in, just everything, the way we're showing up in the world is based on the belief system that we are um, holding in our in our heads. And we can always swap them out. We can get rid of them and instill new beliefs to dramatically improve our lives. Welcome to Universal Grace. I am your host, Nadine Grace. Universal Grace is a dose of personal development and spiritual truth to help you become the best and greatest version of yourself. I share real talks with global game changers, thought leaders, and high-performance experts in this raw and unfiltered transformational podcast. I know that we're all capable of becoming the very best version of ourselves. We just need to remember who we are and believe that we are worthy and deserving of an extraordinary life. I am here to awaken you to your infinite potential and inspire you to unlock your inner greatness and live your best life. You ready? Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Nadine Grace, and welcome back to Universal Grace. In this episode, I will be talking about something called the meaning-making machine. I first heard this phrase from the book, The Code of the Extraordinary Mind by Vishen Lakiani. Vishen is the founder and CEO of Mind Valley. And when I first heard this phrase, I, and the meaning behind it, I was blown away. I was like, oh, wow, you're never too old to learn something new. And um, so what is the meaning-making machine? So deep within all of us, every single last one of us in our subconscious minds lies a meaning-making machine in our heads and it is really a large part of who we are today. And it is constantly trying to keep us safe. And we all know that safe is stuck. You know, when you're always trying to be safe, you're you're pretty much stuck. And it is it is it does this by creating meaning around every single events in our lives, every experiences we encounter, everything we experience as we go through life. Um, the meaning-making machine 
is especially active. Well, it's active every day, but and in everyone, is very active when we're young kids. Um, and as you know, as children, we create unconscious beliefs and meaning about the world by trying to interpret what we're experiencing with our fresh young minds. But the problem is we carry these conclusions about how we see the world into our adulthood and not realizing just how much they cloud our experiences of life. For example, think about this. Have you ever wondered where you got your belief from about money? Have you ever thought about that? Where did I where did you believe about money come from? Those are not our beliefs. Those are not your beliefs. And you know, have you ever thought about where you got your beliefs about love? Where did it come from? About your health or about your self-identity. All those beliefs were formed when we were kids. Um, and our subconscious beliefs are created by the meaning-making machines in our heads. And in the book of the Extraordinary Mind, the Code of the Extraordinary Minds, Vishen gave an example of how his business was doing well. He was doing well in his business and with his business, but he was extremely uncomfortable taking ownership of the financial gains. Um, he has a yearly event, yearly event called A-Fest, and A-Fest was profitable, but he was giving away 100% of the profits to good causes, and he was not keeping anything back for himself. He was the co-author of several personal development courses, but he had never negotiated for the higher royalty that he felt he deserved. So he said, you know, something is going on with me. I need to speak with, I need help. So he met with legendary transformational hypnotherapist, Marissa Peer, and she performed a session on him. She hypnotized him and he regressed to a moment in his life when he was a teenager and had an incredible teacher that he adored. And everyone in the class likes him, liked him, but they all felt sorry for him because he always seemed so lonely. And he lived in a tiny apartment and he didn't have enough money. They all loved him and they spent a lot of time talking about what a great guy he was and what a shame it was that he and what a shame it was that he was in that situation. So in that moment, he developed a thought pattern and a belief was internalized. And that belief was to be a great teacher, you have to suffer. So he had an unconscious belief that he had to suffer in order to be a great teacher. And in this case, it manifested as not being receptive to riches. But the great Marissa Peer didn't stop there. <laughs> she made him regress to another moment where he saw himself in the back seat of his parents' car. And it was his birthday. He was about nine or 10. His parents were driving him to a store to buy him a birthday gift, but he was pretending to be asleep. He could hear them talking in a very worried way about money. And he said he remembered a feeling of guilt washing over him 
about his birthday gift. So when they got to the store, he only picked out a book and his mom was like, that's all? It's your birthday. You can have more. But he didn't want to burden his parents with any more expenses. And that moment, that memory crystallized another belief system he'd been carrying around with him all this time from childhood until adulthood. And that belief system was don't ask for too much because someone will suffer if you do. And he says that when those beliefs were removed, amazing things started to happen. Um, He began in just four months, he doubled his income and his business also began to grow. He hit a new revenue milestone, milestones. He hit new revenue milestones and it turned out his beliefs had not only held him back, but it's been holding back his business and every single person who worked for him. So (laughs) this story led me to take a really good look at my own life to really, you know, to do some really deep diving because I was failing in a couple areas of my life and particularly in my career. And I, I was, I, I wanted to find out the beliefs that were holding me back. Like, why is it that every time I try something, I, especially with my career, I always end up failing, quitting and just, just quitting and failing. (laughs) And I wanted to find out what was going on with me. Why is it that I am not able to progress through a certain project that I feel so near and dear, um, that I feel motivated to do? So I, I, um, I wanted to really get to the, to the root of my, um, my belief system. So I, discovered that I was holding on to a belief that I was not enough and I was not worthy and deserving to be successful. So I started working on myself and I wanted, I started digging out these belief systems that were not serving us because we're all walking around with belief systems that are not serving us. And within months, I saw a huge shift within myself. I was vibrating on a higher frequency. I felt more worthy and deserving. And I was attracting people and circumstances that matched my new vibration to help me advance in my career. According to Marissa Peer, she says that what lies beneath so many of our issues, and these issues can be from self-sabotage, depression, anxiety, addictions, and destructive habits. It's the belief that we are not enough. So many of us are walking around with this belief that we're not worthy and deserving of um, to be successful. We're not worthy and deserving to, to have nice things. We're not worthy and deserve to just, to just live a great life, an extraordinary life. And she also says that even people who appear to have it all still feel that they're not enough inside and that can cause them to go into self-destruct. I really honestly agree with her because most of us, as I was saying before, have our own versions of, of beliefs that are not serving us. And those beliefs can range from the way we look, the way we feel about our self-worth, 
um, our relationship with money. I'm still working on my relationship with money. My relationship with money was so bad. It was so bad. I remember before starting healing my relationship with money, I I've, I always felt guilty when I would spend money, when I would pay my bills, when I would buy something. I would always feel this feeling of lack and felt like, you know, it's never going to come back. I'm, uh, I just always felt really guilty when I spent when I spent money and that's because I had a really bad relationship with money and I'm going to create a new an, another episode to really deep dig deep dive into healing our relationship with money because I know that before I started working on that relationship with money it was really really bad I was walking around with a scarcity mindset because you know, I'm sure that was something that I acquired from I was a child, and from and, and most of us get beliefs. A lot of the belief systems that we have about could be from money, from self worth, from anything, comes from childhood. And the the great thing about it is we can always dig out those beliefs that are not serving us and plant new beliefs that is you know that are serving us. So. As we believe, when we believe things to be true, they become true. When we believe anything, anything that we believe, the way we see the world is the way, is because of the way we, because of the belief systems that we're holding on to. Because all of us view the world through our own lens. And these, it is colored by experiences and meanings and all the beliefs that we've accumulated over the years. Um, the problem, the problem is, it's as if we're a meaning-making machine in our minds. It kicks in, and it creates rules about every experience we have. And the meaning-making machine never sleeps. It is on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It never stops. It runs during our childhood. It goes into our adult adulthood. It's there while we're on a date, while we're dealing with our mates, with our kids, while we're interacting with our bosses, while we're trying to close a business deal or trying to get a raise or not get a raise or much more. It is just always there. The meaning-making machine is what creates our beliefs, and we then take those beliefs and create the world that we're living in, because we're all living in our own internal world, which then creates our external world, because we all see the world differently. No two people see the world the same, because we're all we're all walking around with delete, beliefs of how we think the world should be. <clears throat> Excuse me. We add meanings to every situation we see, and then we carry those meanings um, around. And it's often, it's not, it's distorted <laughs> and a dangerous beliefs about our world. I believe, the, the thing about beliefs is, beliefs are not the truth. It really is not. Beliefs are not the truth. Yet we walk around believing that what we are seeing and what we are understanding about ourselves and the world are the truth. And it's simply not. We act in accordance with the beliefs that we um, are, are walking around with. Scientists are beginning to study 
um, this phenomenon. And the great news is the results are astonishing. The bad news is <laughs> our beliefs can cause a whole lot of stress and sadness and loneliness and worry. And, um, you know, but the, 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 the great news is that we can always upgrade them. We can get them out. We can get them out. We can always create new beliefs because our beliefs is what run. We, we run the world with our beliefs. The way we communicate to others, the way we treat others, the way we treat ourselves, where we're living, the money we have in, in the bank or don't have in the bank, the car we drive, the house we live in, just everything, the way we're showing up in the world is based on the belief system that we are um, holding in our in our heads. And we can always swap them out. We can get rid of them and instill new beliefs to dramatically improve our lives. So here's a quote by Marissa Peer. Marissa Peer says, first you make your beliefs, then your beliefs make you. And when you go out in the world, the world will support your beliefs. I'll say that again. First, you make your beliefs, then your beliefs make you. And when you go out in the world, the world will support your beliefs. And that's what I just said earlier. Your beliefs are formed from when we, from our beliefs were formed from when we were kids. And we have no responsibility. We have not even no responsibility. We didn't have a choice. We were kids. And you know, these beliefs can come from well-meaningful parents who are doing their best to raise us from teachers, from peers, from um, the, 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 what we read, the people around us. We just, we watch and we learn. As children, we watch and we learn. So whatever we learn when we were kids, we then take that as reality, this is how things should be done. Money doesn't grow on trees. So therefore, I should always struggle and work really hard to make money because it doesn't grow on tree and the rich gets richer. Like I remember when I was a child growing up in Jamaica, it, it's six of us. And my dad was living in the States, still living in the States at, at that time. So it was just my mom and my five siblings, and he would make sure that he send, you know, money out every month to, to care for his family, but it wasn't enough. It just simply wasn't enough. And I would just always remember my wonderful mom would always say, well, I can't afford that. Money doesn't grow on tree. You're going to have to wait until this. And I, I grew up with that scarcity mindset of thinking that, oh my gosh, one of the rich gets rich, richer, the poor gets poorer, money doesn't grow on tree, and you know it's hard to come by. I, I, and I'm sure a lot of us can relate to that. That was the the belief I had about money, and I carried that belief into my childhood, and I had such a bad relationship with money that I was always worrying, especially when I have to spend it. I would always worry. And when I heal my relationship with money, and I'm still healing it because healing never stops. There's always some crap that's going to show up that you think it's gone and then it resurfaces this ugly head. And then you, you know, you start healing again. Healing never stops. But when I start healing my relationship with money, I realize that money is energy. Money is energy. Money is energy. And I am energy. We're all energy. 
we're all energy. Think of energy growing on a tree. <laughs> it's not possible, right? Money is energy. And I stop also using the word spend. I know I, I used it in this episode, but think about it. Money, money circulates in our life. So now I start to say, every money I circulate comes back to me multiplied because we're not meant to hoard money and hog it and hold on to it. Money's meant to come and go and flow in and out of our lives. And with an understanding that it is circulating in and out of your life. And when you like have that understanding that it comes and it goes in a nice flow of in and out circulating, then you develop this abundance mindset. But I will talk about um, your or relationship with money and how to heal it in a, in a new episode because I really believe that it um, deserves its own episode. Um, yeah, she she um, suggests that all of us um, that all of us have a child within us or in a child who never received all the love and appreciation for the qualities that we prized in ourselves. That is so true and that we sought at that age. I'll say that again. Marissa Pierce says that all of us have an inner child within us that never received all the love and appreciation for the qualities that we prized in ourselves that we sought at that age. And we cannot go back and fix the past. However, it is our responsibility to heal ourselves now. It really is. It really, as adults, when we understand that we cannot go back and change the past and what happened as children, when we were children, you know, we cannot go back and change that, but we can always try to heal that inner child within us that never received that love or attention or I can speak for myself. I'm from, I am the fourth of six children. My dad, I've been in the States since I was five years old, working, trying to make a better living for his family. So my young mom who was trying, who has six kids (laughs) from my dad, she had all six kids before she was the age of 27. So she was a young mom and we're all we're only like two to three years apart. So just imagine a single mom. I can't even begin to imagine that raising six young children with my dad away in the States trying to, you know, make a better living for his children. So I remember that I always was this child that is seeking my mom's attention because how much can one person give to six children? She first have to take care of herself, which she never did. It was, you know, she always put her children first, which she should never do, but that's another episode. But I remember as a young child growing up in Jamaica, I always used to think, mommy, as a young kid, I don't get enough attention from my mom. And that's because my mom has six kids (laughs) that she needed to divide up her attention um, to. And I always felt, you know, like... like a loner, that I just didn't get the love and attention. But I knew and I know that my mom loves me. And now looking at it, looking back at it as an adult, I understand, I understood that she did the best she could. Mom loves us. But that attention that I never received made me feel unworthy and deserving. It kind of added to my feeling 
of lack of self-worth, that I am not lovable, that I'm not worthy to be loved. And I'm just giving an example. Like a lot of us are walking around with belief systems that are a meaning-making machine created that we can all fix. It is our responsibility as adults to heal ourselves because we cannot go back and fix the past, but we have an inner child within us who is crying out for help. Fix me, help me. And we can always do inner child exercises to... um, to heal that. So here's an exercise that I learned from Vishen Lakiani. And this is one of the exercises that I used to swap out belief systems that were not serving me. And the biggest belief system was me not feeling worthy and deserving and just dealing with insecurities and and self-esteem issues. It is. It, it really is a powerful way. This exercise is a powerful way to shut down the meaning-making machine from creating beliefs about people's judgment or opinions about us. And it also helps to combat negative childhood indoctrination of, you know, where you might felt unworthy as a child. So think about something that you love about yourself. Think about a quality that what that you love about yourself you know is it is it your sense of humor are you you know do you love the way you speak do you like the way you're always kind to strangers do you like the way you create delicious meals for your families is it the shape of your feet or the will the way your hair feels is it your lips is it your commitment to daily personal growth that's a big one is it the way with your with animals? Like, what is it? What identity? What can you identify about yourself that you truly love and appreciate? And it must be three to five things every day that you're proud, that make you proud to be who you are. I did this exercise. Um, every day I find three things that I love about myself that I did for that day. And it could be... I love the way that I jumped out of bed at 4.50 a.m. in the morning to go exercise. And I really do that. I, I'm up every morning at 4.50 um, to get on my my exercise bike or my tr- treadmill by 5 o'clock. And that's a big one for me because I'm not a morning person, but I understand that morning routines are tr- very significant to your growth. To, to everybody's growth. So I make that, I make it a point of duty to get up at 4.50 every single solitary morning to exercise, to do my, to write in my journal, to read something educational or watch something educational or listen to a, a podcast, to do my meditation. But what quality do you, do, do you like about yourself? Three of them. Is it that you you were present for your ch- your children. You weren't thinking about what you're going you're gonna to cook for dinner or what cute shoes you were going to buy at the mall or whatever it is. What is it? It could be anything. And just write them down and really like feel the feelings of it. Like, wow, I'm really proud of myself that I was present for my child. I'm really proud of myself. I love myself for that, that I, I got up this morning and I was able to do my morning workout. Or I'm really proud of myself that even though that 
you know, my boss was so rude. I I kept it together. I was professional and I didn't lose my cool. Whatever it is that you love about yourself, just write it down. You don't even have to write it down. You can just say it back to yourself and really feel proud of yourself because, you know, maybe no one is appreciating you, right? Because people are busy and maybe no one is appreci- appreciating you. And And to be honest with you, the best appreciation praise is from ourselves, right? The best appreciation and praise is from, and it's okay. I grew up in a culture where they tell us, oh, um, don't praise yourself too much. You're too vain. No, (laughs) and I'm here to tell you right now, praise yourself, love yourself, hug yourself, praise yourself, put yourself on a pedestal. All right, don't wait for anyone anyone else to do it. You do it. You praise yourself and you love yourself and you appreciate yourself Um, because I believe that the best thing we can do with outdated beliefs is to let them go gracefully, turn them into history and celebrate our extraordinary ability to evolve emotionally, mentally, spiritually um, and taking on new ideas and thoughts and philosophies and ways of being and living. We can change the trajectory of our lives. We can erase old beliefs. We can shut down that meeting making machine. And we can, we can not even shut it down because you can never shut it down, but have it create new, you can create new beliefs and then run your life from that perspective. Um, another powerful exercise is if you have ever doubted yourself, and I'm sure you can relate to, relate to that. We all have doubted ourselves. Am I qualified to do this? Am I, who am I to think? Like when I first was thinking about starting my podcast, I, this meaning making machine, this mind, these doubts keep coming up. Who do you think you are to be giving advice and teaching and all of that. And I had to shut it down because I was learning about who I am and creating new beliefs. So if you've ever doubted yourself, you know how crippling it can be. You you, you know, the indecision, the quiet storm, the missed opportunities, it stops us from living our best and greatest lives because self-doubt is really just a subconscious belief caused by childhood trauma. And if we change our beliefs, we can shed it. We can shed self, self-doubt self and develop self-confidence instead. So Marissa Peer, um, the legendary transformational hypnotherapist Marissa Peer, she shares three powerful words that can challenge and erase self-doubt. And you ready for this? They are, I am enough. I am enough. Those three words, powerful words are powerful. I am enough. I have this written down everywhere, especially when not everywhere in my bathrooms, everywhere I have a bathrooms. I write it down and I write it in lipstick on my bathroom mirror. Yes, I did. Cause that's what, (laughs) that's what, um, that's what she suggested. And I wish she, it was it vision. I think it was vision that, um, said he heard it from Marissa. And I wrote it down. I, I have it written down, still do, on my bathroom mirror in <laughs> in lipstick. I am enough. Because there's something that has to do with the mirror when you go to the mirror and you're looking looking at yourself in the mirror and you're actually seeing those words. It does something to the soul where you internalize it even more and it creates a more um, powerful belief system within you. 
So I I did this um, some years ago, and I'm telling you that it has completely shifted the way I feel about myself. It has raised my confidence, um, just really have me believing and knowing that I am worthy and deserving of an extraordinary life. And so are you. We all are. We all are enough. When you start to understand how amazing you are, that you're a spiritual being having a human experience, and you come here to live in joy and experience the fullness of who you really are and shine and, ooh, it's it's amazing. So I really suggest you... Um, write this down. And even if you don't want to write it in the mirror with a a lipstick, (laughs) you can look yourself in the eyes because your eyes are the windows to your soul. So I suggest look yourself in the eye in the mirror and um, repeat these phrases. I am enough. You do that as often as you can and really believe that you are because you are. You are powerful. You are amazing. You're abundance. You're prosperous. You are the universe expressing itself through. You are amazing. (laughs) You are the best. So you're the best of who you are. So just understand that you are enough. You are so enough. And these powerful words, like I said, have completely changed my life. It has changed a lot of people's lives. And um, just, you know, these words will help to develop the confidence and courage you have to go after what you truly want from life. So I really hope this episode was beneficial to you. Um, I am very passionate about all of us walking into our fullest and greatest version of ourselves. Um, We're all capable of transforming our lives. We just need to believe that we are worthy and deserving to, to really live and love ourselves. You know, it's all about, do we believe in ourselves? Am I worthy enough? And it all starts from changing the narrative, digging out your old beliefs that are not serving you and replace them with new ones. Okay. So thank you all for being here with me. I truly, truly appreciate it. I love you all. And I will see you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Universal Grace Podcast and being part of this amazing community. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and I hanging out and helping each other rise to the top. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. So I'll see you on the next episode. But in the meantime, remember to head on over to universalgracepodcast.com and get some extra special resources that you won't find anywhere else. Thanks for listening and let love guide you.